podcast of Flamenco y Mas, a Flamenco rock and roll and guitar-centric conversation zone featuring interviews and insights with world-class artists from around the globe. Today we have some very, very special guests and mi amigos de Sevilla, Javier Heredia and Larina. Welcome from Sevilla. Ole. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we wanted to let you know, you know, Javier is a is a singer, a flamenco singer, but also a festero who specializes in dancing while singing bulerias. He's performed for over 20 years, his career marked with numerous artistic achievements and international recognitions. He's appeared several times in Sevilla's prestigious Flamenco Biennal, in line with such artists as Manuel Molina, Alex Remeño, Juana La del Pipa, among others. He's also performed with notable artists such as Jose de de La Tomasa, Pansequito, Nespacan, Miguel Elfuni, Concha Vargas, Juan Villar, Carmen Ledesma, Angelita Vargas, and Aurora Vargas. Most notably, he's appeared in various theater productions of the legendary dancer Manuela Carrasco, including the, uh, the Biennale, and he toured across Europe with her flamenco company from 2004 to 2005. In 2010, he was selected as a member of Flamenco de Maron and toured Spain, Morocco, and Switzerland with the group for four years. And in 2011, he released an album with Flamenco de Maron called Puro y Vivo. Um, Javier has also been invited to perform in several internationally recognized festivals and teaches his art around the globe with his wife, Rina, who is also joining us, an accomplished flamenco dancer and instructor in her own right. Uh, Rina will be translating on the spot for us today for all the non-Spanish speaking folks out there. Uh, we thought it would be a unique opportunity um, for you all to peek into this part of the flamenco world. Um, and para mis amigos en España, uh, disculpen. Uh, uh, pero queremos presentar en inglés para mi gente aquí también. Um, <laughs> bueno, uh, so, how you guys doing? We're fine. <laughs> muy bien, muy bien, estamos muy bien. Estamos bien de salud y... We're contentos. very healthy and we're happy, so we can't complain. Olay, yeah. that's that's most important. Well, um, you know, I thought maybe a good place to start would be for you know some of the more like kind of beginner flamencos or or for people that uh, aren't quite aficionados yet is for Javier to maybe tell people what he thinks. You know, uh, a festero is the difference of being a festero and just being a canteor because it's a very unique role in flamenco um, that that not that many people do and. Javier is obviously a master of this, so I'd, maybe his take on what what is a festero for those who don't know. Vale. Entonces, eh, explica al público, mm -hmm. porque a lo mejor hay mucha gente que son principiantes o están empezando, eh, que es, es festero. Eh, a lo mejor mm -hmm. la diferencia de ser solamente cantador Bueno, pues el festero eh, principalmente se caracteriza, pues se le llama festero a los cantes festeros, ¿no? Los cantes que son de compás, como la bulería, los tangos, las alegrías. Pero en este caso específico, el festero es un cantador que se baila a la misma vez que está cantando, la bulería está bailando. So, festero, eh, let's see. Uh, no, normally they sing um, very heavily, you know, rhythm-based, follow like um, bulerias and tangos, but 
when you really say festero, festero, they are talking about someone who can sing and dance at the same time. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that that is. It's very cool. I mean, it's cool. very cool, and 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 basically, he's a walking party. Oh yeah! Oh, my God. Right, like, I, like, like. Puede, um, eh, bueno, me ha gustado mucho la fiesta. El cante y el baile. Y así en vida he tenido la, la oportunidad de ver a gente muy con mucho arte y de ahí he aprendido lo, lo que sé. So he's been a lot of, you know, great artists. Um, maybe they're not like professionals. Um, those people, including artists, also on stage and everything. So he said, you know, he learned a lot from them too, and this his passion, not like. Yeah. Yeah. My my first trip to Spain was in 2004, and that was one of the things that impressed me the most. The most was like even the non-professionals, how much compass they had and how much they knew and mm -hmm. uh and i learned from a lot of people that weren't even professional artists um yeah. but ironically javier was one of the first people i really jammed i met him in his element in 2004 at uh Becca, this little bar that's been around forever and um and to be honest like i had been there i think about three months at the time and i'd been going through even though i knew how to accompany to some degree, you know, until you've lived in Spain and really got your ass kicked, you don't really know what you're doing, you know? <laughs> and so I had been getting the guitar but taken. That, but that was really good spanking, though. Very good spanking. Yes, I, I certainly needed it. I'm still getting it sometimes. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'd been getting the guitar taken away from me for a, a couple months. You know, my friends would give me a chance or whoever would... That's kind of how it works. You, you you accompany as well as you can, then they give the guitar to somebody else who can do it better, and then you play on breaks, and that's kind of you know you're you're training in the in the party, right? And my first night that I like really start like where I accompanied a couple singers for half an hour straight and was able to nail all the letras, I was in the middle of that about 20 minutes in or something like that, and Javier walks in the door, looks right at me. And I swear, he made me feel so comfortable in that moment. We did not know each other. And the way he guided me with his voice, with his dancing, I was able to hit the ramates, the cortes. He was even guiding little ramates with his hands. And, and, and it was amazing. And I felt like that was like one of my first real, you know, authentic flamenco experiences in the, in the moment in Sevilla was with Javier. So, Very um, cool. la primera vez. 16 So I, you know, I got to kind of experience that and now, you know, coming back to see you guys all the time now, it's, it's just an amazing experience. And, and so I guess what I wanted to try and, um, most people don't get to go kind of experience this life out there in Sevilla. And um, so I wanted to kind of ask Javier if he would, if he'd be able to kind of tell us what it was like, um, you know, as far back as he can remember in the beginning, like, you know, growing up with flamenco, like what his first like memories were of flamenco, the first time he kind of did palmas and singing, obviously his parents and, and that whole 
the whole Hitano scene that he grew up in and uh, kind of, you know, those, those first flamenco memories. ¿Qué es tu recuerdo de, de vamos a decir, infancia o de, del principio de tu, la vida flamenca mm -hmm. eh, que marca lo, tu vida? Pues principalmente lo que más me marca es mi padre. Mi padre, primeramente porque mi padre siempre está cantando, siempre está, estaba escuchando flamenco, si íbamos a una celebración, a una boda, a, una, a un bautizo, lo que fuera, pues estaba cantando, con paz, eh, y esa es mi mayor influencia, principalmente mi abuelo, que también cantaba, pero sobre todo la figura de mi padre, Soy... es lo que más influyó, y claro, era todo el día en casa flamenco, en el coche escuchando flamenco, la figura de Camarón de la Isla, que en esos tiempos, en los años 80, era increíble, ¿no? Estaba en su, su época máxima, entonces todos los discos de Camarón, escuchando desde pequeño en la televisión flamenco, y luego la vivencia, pues eso, en alguna celebración. Eh, para no olvidar, uh -huh. olvidarme de decir la cosa, ¿no? Eh, first of all, eh, the, I guess, memory that he has is his dad always always singing, always, always listening, always doing compas, uh, always, every day. Uh, to, today we went, we went to his house and, you know, that's, that's normal for us. You know, he's always... <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> here or whatever. So um, that's how, you know, he was born into that in that house and then he grew up in that house and his grandfather also sang and and um also you know in the in the 90s he was born in, in 1980s and that time was like the total camarón you know storm so everybody was listening to camarón and his father also liked camarón so he also um grew up listening to camarón no? and then all the celebrations you know weddings and whatever about this so everything like baptism everything always and followed by um fiesta normally so también recuerdo que mis padres pues, me llevaban, aunque era pequeño, me llevaban a ver muchos espectáculos de flamenco, a Camarón, en aquella época, recuerdo, no sé, cuando lo de la Expo se hizo también, mm, tenía yo 12 yeah. años, a, a la familia de la Gerita Vargas, la, mm. la gente de Jerez, que iba Fernando la Morena, de Fernando Terremoto, el hijo, en fin. Also, his dad would take him to all the shows and festivals, no? Um, and that, well, in the 90s, um, early 90s, there was an expo here in Sevilla. So the, the flamenco got really, like, treat, you know, treated well, and then people went to see that a lot. So he got to see lots of good um, artists as a kid also. Yeah, I think he was, he was uh, surrounded by a lot of maybe not everybody knows all these names i'm sure the aficionados do but uh he is basically surrounded in flamenco royalty all the time <laughs> if, you're, if you're from that area and um 
and we had the pleasure of uh, meeting his parents on the last trip and hanging out for a night that took me three days to recover from. And uh, <laughs> they, I really got to see firsthand uh, the, well, you know, what people they were, but also what a, you know, what an influence his father was on him. And it was just so, it was just so fun. And you could see where that nonstop energy comes from just uh, being around his dad, even at their age, they're still just going at it. It's uh, the engine that, that they have. I mean, it's a different kind of engine that, you know, they crank um, for the fiesta. Well, and part of it now, his mother always say, um, now, before we had only two, now we have three. <laughs> <laughs> There's no escape for her now. I saw her trying to get out of it, and there was no hope. No, <laughs> and you were like pausing the, the, the 20 minutes uh, walk um, to be like two hour walk, just like. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. Yeah, and you know, since there's probably uh, eventually, you know, this podcast, I, I imagine is going to attract a lot of guitar players. One of our goals is not just flamenco, but you know, rock and roll. Some of my other background, and and for guitar geeks, and uh, I think that you know, one thing for the the up and coming flamenco players that maybe aren't aficionados yet to know is that um, you know, you may be surprised that flamenco doesn't really need guitar and um although it's amazing to be able to accompany singers and dancers and when you get that chance to do it it can be awesome um but you can get to a point where you know like when that night's a perfect example where we were out and i even had a guitar with me but it just wasn't necessary most of the time doing palmas singing dancing it, you just you know the compass is enough Siempre, ¿no? Porque uh -huh. puede hacer la fiesta con Nudillo y la Palma, totalmente. Como esa noche que estuvimos juntos, la, la última vez. Uh -huh. Totalmente. Uh -huh. No hace falta. Si hay una guitarrita buena. Pero, sí, exacto. Pero si no, soniquete. O como antes, por ejemplo, antiguamente, en España, estaba la cosa muy mal económicamente. Entonces no... No tenía nadie guitarra, no había ni para comer, no había ni guitarra, ni poca. Entonces los gitanos como hacían la fiesta por, en el bar, con el compás, o las palmas, y cantando. So, way back when, you know, people had problem eating. I mean, they were, I mean, they had very little to eat and, you know, nobody could afford um, guitar. So, you know, gitanos, gypsies, um, they usually um, just sang and, and danced, you know, with, um, this is called Nudillo, by the way, um, you know, on the bar counter, maybe, or the okay. table. Um, and that's how they used to do fiestas only. So, palmas also, no? But and now, 
it, it always happened that way, you know. But like he said, having guitar is wonderful because you know yeah. if you have a good guitar, I mean, it gets the the ambiance going, and you know it's very very nice always. Yeah, it, it definitely completes it. Like I think you know having all the three elements or the four elements if with Palmas too. But just, uh, I think before, like, if you haven't been to, if you haven't really spent time in Spain, you don't realize, you know, how much you can enjoy flamenco without playing guitar, guitarist, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found myself the last few trips, you know, forgetting about it, actually, in the moment. You know, whereas, like, my first couple trips, I'd be like, oh, I wish I had my guitar with me. You know, now Mm -hmm. I'm just in the moment and I kind of forget. And then if I have it with me, great, and I get the chance, cool, but... You know. Right. No, because it's, it's really good because um, sometimes people forget that um, you learn so much being like, you know, still and absorbing everything, you know. If you are a guitarist, you learn so much from watching and then listening too, right? Like, you know, for your dancers, you don't need the shoes to really enjoy and dance real flamenco the natural flamenco that we love you know so it's it's good to leave things behind and you know just like diving into that moment so that you get that yeah i think if you're not born into it like javier you know where you just it's part of who you are from the beginning i Mm -hmm. think these are the more important things to learn when you're visiting because you can always learn falsettas and choreographies and all this kind of stuff. And, and now with the digital age, you know, you have access to all sorts of stuff, you know, if that's what you want to do, but the, but being in the moment and, uh, and I thought I should bring up Sevilla specifically because, um, you know, I have spent time throughout Andalusia and, and had cool flamenco experiences in Jerez and Granada and, and even Barcelona, but, you know, for mm-hmm. me, Sevilla is in, in the corazón para siempre. You know? mm-hmm. so, Sevilla is such a special, special place. And, um, and it's not only the epicenter of flamenco, but I think culturally, I think that's why it's the epicenter. Like the, how the people are, the way that they live, you know, and, and how open they are creates this awesome environment for flamenco. So for me as a foreigner coming in the first time in 2004, um, I had an opportunity to learn from all sorts of people and meeting Javier. Um, I should give a shout out to, to Jacobo and Fernando Chiringuito, (laughs) Chico Ocaña, Alvaro, Maria Jose, Alberto, uh, you know, all, all my friends there that like, they, these folks welcomed us in and that's way more than, well, and, and my maestro, of course, uh, Martin de la Vuelo, um, you know, who, who really took me under his wing and uh, without these people, like, it wouldn't be the same thing because it's just, I think just taking lessons is not the full ex- flamenco experience, you know, and Sevilla gives this really unique opportunity i think to meet people if you're open to it and uh, even if your spanish sucks like mine it used to be worse but (laughs) (laughs) 
ah, estaba en CENER que tenía eh, muy buenas ah, oportunidades de aprender eh, y eso es muy bonito. Sí, es muy bien. Y el food, el wine y el it's a beautiful place I can't wait till all this shit is over with and we can get back out there again see you guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're here waiting so well, today precisamente precisely today uh, we went into phase two so awesome. uh, this confinement and so now we don't have uh, like really? certain hours that we can sure. go out there. We can go out anytime we want to. Only thing is that you know we have like the bars and the restaurants uh, and some stores that's um, yeah like uh, running with a capacity of like fifty or thirty percent or something like that. So. Yeah, I was imagining like how it would be like in the summer if it didn't start to open up by then. It's 120 degrees. Oh my god! It's already like that. Hundred you know, now. Is it a hundred? Well, I wanted to ask Rina just because uh, you have such a unique story. Um, <laughs> right like how did you you have you were born in japan right yes where, where in japan were you born yokohama. yokohama it's a city port city right by tokyo and then you moved to the u.s when you were how old 18 18 okay yeah wow. 17 18 okay so later than i thought many moons ago <laughs> <laughs> So how do you go from be living in Japan to to living in the States to becoming a flamenca to to coming to Sevilla and be you know in the Hitano scene and totally I mean how crazy is that? Because I'm a nomad too. <laughs> so basically, you know, well to the US I was an exchange student and I lived there like more than Japan, more than here. So that's like my yeah. second home or, you know, I feel like my first home because it's, it was my life, no? Sure. And um, so, I mean, quickly I went to high school, I went to college, everything, and I started to work. 
and I looked for something to do as far as um, dancing goes and I met my flamenco and I fell in love. It was like, you know, everybody says, and I, I got bit by the bug and it was like bug that's like the elephant size, I guess, because um, in, in the end it took me in that passion or whatever you call it and brought me here. So what, what happened was I used to just go back and forth, you know, just summer, uh, summertime, I was always here. And then uh, eight years ago, I made mm -hmm. home here. So. Wow. And did you make a home there before you met Javier? Yeah, totally. Because that's the thing. Like I came here in Sevilla and then I felt so at home and I always you know was thinking I'm gonna move here one day you know I'm gonna like just come here and live I was thinking and then we met through our American friends um and we were friends for like six or seven years Ethan and friends. Cindy, is that how you guys met yes Ethan yeah. and Silly are in Cupid yeah. <laughs> That's and awesome. uh, and here we are amazing so yeah i mean for you just must get to experience things like i can only imagine just from having you know my teacher that was from that scene that brought me in to see and experience things that you know a foreigner normally wouldn't be able to I can only imagine being married into it, all the things you've seen and been part of since, you know, the last eight years or whatever, right? I, I, I feel very lucky because, first of all, you know, flamenco world can be very, um, how do you say that, like very men-oriented, sure. very men-oriented. But luckily, my husband likes to go everywhere with me. And since I have the like the same, um, how do you say, the tolerance level as he, he does, or maybe more. So I'm okay all night, two nights, whatever. So, and I was already like, you know, into that sort of like a living flamenco kind of thing, not just like, right taking classes, which is very important too. Like I, I, you know, I used to be like crazy person taking all the classes and all that too, but then I didn't require much sleep. So I would just do that. And then for, I'll be like, you know, living flamenco and, you know, because that was before I basically like got together with him. And so I was always already in that sort of like the mode but then with him, you can imagine we, I mean, I got to go see everything and, you know, all the fiestas, great ones, all the mm, celebrations. And, you know, I mean, I consider myself very lucky because first of all, being a woman, being a foreigner, being a woman, it's kind of like eh, eh, double, yeah, yeah, eh, sure. sort of, sort of. Not, not, not like you're prohibited from going or anything, but you just don't have opportunity. No, so, it's just a cultural thing. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm very grateful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I saw that firsthand because, you know, Martine, so I'm the same with Incarna. We go 
everywhere together, right? And um, we're we're a team, like you guys are a team, you know. And and uh, I think that's why we have so much fun when we go out. But um, you know, when Martine was bringing me everywhere with him, and Encarna was with me all the time, um, and he always made her feel welcome. But the fact was, you know, when we go to Tres Mill or Montoncillo in the middle of the night, I mean, it was just dudes mostly. <laughs> and she was the only woman. And no one ever made her feel unwelcome. It was just the, it's just kind of the, the way it is. And then, like, you know, just uh, our friends are so respectful and very, like, treat me very well, you know, all that. I mean, I have such, you know, good people are good people period but like mm, those Italian gypsy people treated me very very well like they de verdad mi vida los gitanos me me ha tratado muy muy bien de pero lo lo la personas buenas punto they they all treat me very well but you know like, like people who um have this like idea of like maybe like they they don't accept or something but in my case i think to him you know they all treated me super well so yeah i've seen it and uh you guys got an amazing gang of people over there and your family and extended family and los flamencos ahí son increíbles no muy buena gente y, y abiertos y uh sorry i'm starting to go in spanish uh you know good people Sí. Pienso que sí, en general sí. En todos lados hay de todo. Right. Malo, bueno, listo, menos listo. Pero en general el ambiente que nosotros nos movemos, somos, nos conocemos ya todos hace muchos años y principalmente lo que tiene que existir en todo, ¿no? En el flamenco, en la música rock, en el, el, el respeto. Habiendo respeto, todo va bien. Siempre puede pasar cualquier tontería o discusión, pero en todos los ambientes, pero nosotros nos paramos en un ambiente que todo es más o menos respetuoso y lo que nos gusta cantar y bailar y tomar una cervecita, una copita, entonces también a los sitios que, que, que se debe de ir, ¿no? Sitios a tomar una copa agradable. Antes cuando más joven pues iba otros sitios más crazy. crazy pero vamos tampoco nunca tan crazy, crazy. Um, generally like he was saying that you know um, the, the how do you say this community that we, we move in it, it, inside it, it's a really nice you know environment so it's all good and um it's just all about respect, you know? So um, it doesn't matter if you're flamenco or rock and roll or whatever. Mm -hmm. you just, if you're respectful to each other, and things work out well, you know? Yeah, I, I felt that right away. Like, um, I think it's per perhaps easier being a couple too, because I, I would think being single in that scene might not be as easy. Um, not that people would necessarily be mean to you, but um, I felt right away amongst the Gitanos there that everyone was very respectful that Encarna was my wife or that I was her husband. Yeah. And people are very respectful of, of marriages there and couples. And and uh, I think that might help too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. 
se, eh, se enteró que, que eran pareja, a lo mejor mm. yendo como pareja, eh, la trataba muy, muy bien sí. y eh, con mucho respeto y todo eso. En ese tipo de ambiente se caracteriza por eso, ¿no? Como eh, nunca ha sido habitualmente... Eh, normal que la mujer esté en fiesta flamenca, ¿no? Así por la noche, ¿no? Pero en caso de que estáis, sabe que para ella hay mucho respeto. Claro. Eh, el pueblo gitano es muy respetuoso con, sí. con las mujeres de, de los amigos, de, de, de conocidos, de familia, muy respetuoso igual que con los mayores. Sí, la comunidad es muy respetuosa con ladies and of, you know, your friends or family or whatever, and then also to the uh, older generations, very, they yes. have like a lot of respect to, you know, to them. It's just normal, this being human, you know, not, um, not just like one race or another, you know. So. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I love so much about the, you know, the gypsy culture and community is, is you feel um, the openness, you know, of, of, of the heart kind of, it's hard to describe, but, um, you know, in some cultures, people can be judgmental in a very superficial way. And I feel mm -hmm. like in Gitano culture, it's more judgmental of like, soul to soul kind of seeing through your eyes or heart to heart and if people feel if you feel good vibes between people it's very very open and it's very honest the, mm -hmm. the kind of the vibe en, en su opinión mm -hmm. tenía muy buena conexión ¿no? con la, mm -hmm. la, la, la comunidad gitana hombre porque más. todo conociéndote como te conozco toda la persona que llegue con humildad y con respeto Maybe recibido. Right, Pero... people with a good respect and like, you know, mod modesty, you know, anywhere you go, you, you are going to be received well. Pero creo que debe ser lo mismo en Japón, en Alemania, o en Australia. Right, <laughs> you know, in general, we all should be like that, anywhere right. we go, uh, Japan sure. or... Yeah. Germany or Australia. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Totally separate from flamenco should be like that. <laughs> But especially, you know, it's kind of that's uh, yeah, you you have to be humble if you're into flamenco at all. It's just so big. You know. Oh my God. It's just so big like how could you not like, you know. I only every year that I learn more, it only increases my awareness of how little I know. I feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking of, let's let's talk about flamenco a little bit. So maybe I was thinking, you know, talking about the palos, and um, you know, maybe we can kind of split the difference between, you know, for the aficionados and people that don't know that much. Maybe I guess bulería would be a good place to start. Kind of origins of bulería and some compás, and however Javier wants to explain or give example or you know whatever he wants uh, to do. Hablamos de burería, si quieres hablar de, de la origen o compa o lo que tú quieras. Bueno, pues según tengo entendido, la bulería se origina ese cante de, del final de la soleá, ¿no? Hacía un rematito de la soleá, como la se hace idea. más o menos actualmente. Pues, um, it, it got developed from, um, as an ending of the soleá. 
que supongo yo que sería eso, ¿no? Lo de... He, he uh, would suppose that's the, the, perhaps a good theory. El campo no tiene, ella ve, dice que te quiero, pero vea si no te lo mando. Algo parecía eso sería lo que se hace todo. Y ya ahí se formó la bulería. Something like that, maybe it was the beginning, and then from there, Y eso tengo yo entendido. That's how he understood, he's y no? proviene de Jere, según tengo yeah. entendido también de lo que he escuchado y he leído, proviene also de Jere. He has uh, heard and let, read that um, it's from Jere. Y ya pues se, va, se creó el cante poquito a poco, se fue creando ese cante y en mi opinión, pues uno de los cantes más difíciles que hay y dicho por grandes maestros, ¿no? grandes cantadores como Antonio Mairena o Terremoto de Jerez, decían eso, que es un cante muy difícil porque tiene la improvisación esa del compás. Exacto. So, Burería es known as the most difficult cante there is in flamenco, and, and he also agree with that idea because Antonio Mairena o Terremoto also, you know, um, eh, said that, you know, um, that Bolivia is very difficult to sing. So, Camarón, Camarón, también lo Camarón, decía. Camarón also yeah. said that too. Y, y siempre me ha gustado el ritmo, ¿no? Lo escuchaba mi padre y en, por ejemplo, en los discos, ¿no? De, de pequeño, de Camarón y de, de lo que escuchaba mi padre, de Fernanda y eso. Y el ritmo, pues, me apasiona, ¿no? Me gusta mucho el, el ritmo de la bulería y... Cante muy, sobre todo el ritmo, el ritmo. He just be, was always attracted to and very passionate about rhythm. So when he was growing up and listening to his father or any recording, especially Camarón, he would just be like so, you know, um, emotional, you know, um, about ah, it. And recuerdo una cosa que, que estaba, eso sería en el año 85, 86, yo no me acuerdo. Un disco de Camarón que era... Yo no me acuerdo cómo era. Que hizo, lo hizo el disco El Padre de la Noemi, de la Mujer de Gloria. Ah, yeah. mm -hmm. Y hay una bulería de Camarón que es Soy Fraguero, que sin guitarra, solo con palma. Soy Fraguero. Entonces yo veía a mi padre, como, a ver, por ejemplo, a mi padre, y él metía los redobles, ¿no? Y yo, y yo escuchaba eso de pequeño. Ajá. Sí. Bonito, ¿no? Entonces, sí, más o menos por ahí. Y yo decía, wow, lo que hace mi padre. Es, es como muy cool. ¿no? Y eso me, como me llamaba la atención, esas cosas, ¿no? Desde pequeño. Siempre me ha gustado la música. Mi padre es que, es que escucha mucha música, el flamenco y otras músicas también. So he remembers one, like, eh, eh. Uh, anecdote, I guess, um, of when he, uh, when he was like four or five years old, listening to the Camarón, Camarón, and his father would do compass and contratiempo, something you know, a little bit complicated, and he uh -huh. would like, wow, my, my dad is just so awesome, you know? <laughs> like, so, fascinated by that or something. And, um, y la bulería, lo que yo opino, pues, 
que es un cante que, por ejemplo, lo que yo hago, ¿no?, de festero, de cantar y bailar, pues es eh, una cosa que está improvisada, que tú no sabes lo que vas a hacer. Es totalmente improvisada con la guitarra, con las palmas, y tú tienes tus letras más o menos, tus bailes, tus patacurbulerías, tus desplantes, pero tú vas improvisando sobre la marcha. Entonces esa es la dificultad, no hay una coreografía montada ni nada, entonces eso es lo que... So, Bulería is known as, eh, as far as being festero goes, is very uh, much like expert of um, dancing and singing Bulería, ¿no? And in that, basically, um, you have to improvise, well, you just want to improvise everything. So th there's no such thing as um, choreography. Perhaps you have your, you know, uh, cante, singing, letra, uh, lyrics that you always sing or you have in your body and head. And, you know, some pataita or movements or gestures, you know, but you never know what uh, he never knows what he's gonna do in that moment it's just always just inspiration based you know thing so so yeah because guitarist can do falseta or you know he he can like ask for it or whatever and so it's always like this Creative exchange. Una comunicación. Exactly, communication. Incluso en el, en el show con el público también. Claro, it's the same thing. So, the, you know, as a fiesta, but when once he, he's on the stage, the same thing happens. You know, all improvised and you get like vibe from the other like guitarists or the palmeros or whatever. And then you also inspire yourself singing and dancing. And that's how, you know, things get like cooked, cooked until... Yeah, it's part of the magic of flamenco that I think makes people feel it in a different way than just executing something that's awesome, which is like technically rhythm wise and melody wise and all the, and the steps or whatever you're doing. If you look at all those from an analytical point of view, it's still really cool. But what makes the magic is the fact that it's happening in the moment. La magia de eso es como está improvisado, entonces está, está ocurriendo lo que sea en ese momento. Se está creando en ese momento, claro. Está creando en ese momento. Eh, a lo mejor a, otra cosa es más técnicamente bonito o lo que sí, sea, correcto. pero no es el mismo, no claro, transmite es, como de otra cosa. Esa es la dificultad que tiene y la grandeza también. No puede salir normal o mal, pero como salga algo bien, es muy bueno, porque está improvisado. That's the difficulty and that's the, the, the greatness about this art, right? It's because it can be like, eh, you know, today wasn't my day or whatever, but then it can be something just out of this world pasar, ¿no? too, you know? A mí me ha pasado incluso, por ejemplo, de ver algunos videos. Y de ponerme yo a hacer eso bailando y de, digo, yo no puedo hacer eso, como yo como yo, no, y además no era una cosa difícil ni nada, pero, pero en el momento, momento de inspiración para cogido así, y dice, mira qué arte, ¿no? En momentitos de, 
de inspiración o de, de magia, como tú dices, ¿no? So he watches, que ni uno se da cuenta. Exacto. Like he, he watches his videos sometimes, right? Like, you know, his performance or something. Sure. He goes, how did I do that? Like, you know, he, he, <laughs> he doesn't know how to recreate that moment because it just happened in that moment, you know? And, También te puede pasar la misma pregunta pero para Omar dice, ¿cómo he hecho yo? <risa> At the same time, you know, like that bad can also happen, right? Pero you bueno. know, he can be like, uh, how did I do that? You know, that bad or whatever. I mean, we hit the big down and nobody really Ya con los años, pues, lleva unos añitos más o menos el profesional y, y entonces, pues, por lo menos correcto, ¿no? Correcto, en compás y para que la gente se quede por lo menos correcto, contento, dice. sí, hombre, y luego ya, pues, a lo mejor un día de inspiración pues, te puede salir claro, el arte. Sí. Pues, eh, he was saying, <laughs> at least I think I'm doing correctly and like. <laughs> Anyway, good to be modest, chaval. Sometimes maybe you know, like the arte, the, the, the art can um, uh, seep through, which I think not because. Te que motivar. Eso, exactly. Y la comunicación, yo, yo me, me inspiro mucho en la comunicación del público, con el con los compañeros, con la guitarra, con el público. Um, also, this communication uh, between the pop uh, audience and 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 he. Yeah. Um, si una vez que tú que tú rompes, tú haces cualquier detalle, te recoge y la gente ya dice ya, ya el público lo tengo aquí y ya calentando como decía ella, poquito a poco más y ya formar taco. Si lo forma ese día, si no puedo, por lo menos que te aplaudan y te digan no y cositas, ¿no? Que, Yeah, so like we're talking about like on stage um, scenario, but um, you know once he, he gets the, the audience into his pocket, let's uh -huh. say, you know then you know magic can happen, right? Or or he said if. It doesn't happen. At least, you know, some people said, "Oh, ole," and then some people had a lot of fun, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it's. Uh, I I love this part of flamenco is that it's it, it's free and you have to take, you have to take the chance, to fuck it up, to do something great, <laughs> and some t you know and. Many times it can work if you're as good as Javier, and then every once in a while it won't because you're taking the chance all the time. Uh -huh. And I think that that's what's cool about flamenco, and I, and my favorite rock and roll, you know, is that way too. You know, like I think it was one of the reasons like Led Zeppelin was so great because they they would play on the edge and try things in the moment, and sometimes it didn't work. Como improvisando, no, no, ah, interesante. Estaba diciendo Eric que hay que arriesgar para tener algo muy 
y como increíble, ¿no? Y estaba diciendo uh -huh. el, eh, un ejemplo de, de Zeppelin, ah, de la, sí. la banda, ¿no? Que ellos hacían alguna cosa y algunas veces salía como increíblemente claro. y algunas veces... Como un disparate, como... Sí. Claro. Pues no, pero... Es como un riesgo, está la genialidad. Right, that's a risk, but then that's a... Like the genio, Pero un riesgo con, con conocimiento, nunca lo loco. responsabilidad, exactamente. Otherwise, like it's just impossible, you know, it's impossible, right? And and I think when the greater improvisation happens, when you're when you're seeing magic happen on stage, or when you're doing it, you know, when people get in what they call the zone, right? The compass is so internalized at that point; everyone's feeling it so much that no one's really thinking about anything. It's just happening. En el escenario o abajo también, hay que, cada uno tiene que saber su, su responsabilidad o función, ¿no? Mm -hmm. Each person has to know um, what they're doing, you know, in, in order for that to work, you know, the improvisation to work, because if the one person didn't know what he mm -hmm. or she was doing, then you can't, like, you know, depend on that. Personal. Yeah. Él siempre habla de, de esa prueba de, de la. Como mm, pañuelo, ¿no? Mm, sí, como digo, la, como. Los ojos, sí, no sé qué. Un guitarrista, un cantador y el palmero, como sin ver, tienen que, que ponerse de acuerdo. El baile lo separo porque es más visual, lógicamente. Mm. Porque también voy a tener referencia de percutiva, ¿no? De percusión con los con los pies, pero es más visual. Pero palma, guitarra y cante, todo de audio, sin conocerse, si son profesionales, deben ponerse de acuerdo en el ritmo. Aunque uno sea de Cádiz, otro de Sevilla, cada uno con su aire, pero deben de ponerse de acuerdo, si conocen bien el libro. Good example of um, good falenco or improvised falenco, real falenco. Um, you can come from anywhere, right? Or Jerez, or Cadiz, or wherever. And Madrid, one, Madrid, 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 whatever. And one person uh, with the guitar, another person with palmas, another person with cante, and with uh, um, eyes covered. If they don't, if they know what they're doing, then. You don't even have to see each other, and then you can just feel it and create that harmony, you know? Un poquito raro, como una exageración. ¿no? Pero, It's just a kind of like hypothetical thing, but then it should, you know, work because, you know, the, each person knows flamenco, not just like they are playing or, yeah. you know. No, they know the letras, they know the compas, they know the feel, the sonicete. Luego trabajando es otra cosa, pero tú sabes que luego hay mucha comunicación también entre todos los músicos visual, como mm -hmm. de jaleo, hay mucha 
eh, comunicación y todo en inglés. Right. So, like working environment, you know, you have lots of communication. La fiesta también, incluso. La fiesta, also, with jaleo, you know. Una comunicación, es una conversación, ¿no? conversación sin palabras, yeah no I, I understand what he's getting at and I think it it comes down to two uh you know we say we talk about this all the time when we're hanging out you know that uh and it's a word that you hear a lot of in the flamenco community is you know aficionado mm -hmm. and I think that you know you can be an aficionado and not be professional But you can't be a professional and not be an aficionado. You, you have to be, you have to love it in that way that you understand all the aspects of flamenco. You can't be a good guitar player if you don't love the cante and the baile and the palmas and, and you're not listening for soniquete and the, the feel and the, the aire of the different palos. And if you don't love it in that way, I mean, you can be a solo guitarist, but it's never going to really... The, The flamenco sound, you know, the authenticity, I guess you would say, I believe comes from understanding the full picture. And if you don't, if you don't love all of it, you can never really sound flamenco because you're, you're not, I'm not saying this in a judgmental way, just that like, how, how can you, um, how can you represent an art form without knowing the art form, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about Pablo de Lucia. Como ha empezado Pablo de Lucia? How did it start Pablo de Lucia? Tocando a los cantadores. Claro, ah, acompañando, claro. Acompañando. Es que, y lo que es, referente a lo que estaba hablando ahí, creo, eh, date cuenta que en el flamenco, eh, ser aficionado, buen aficionado, es un halago, no es un desprestigio. Porque puede ser como aficionado es no profesional. Pero en, 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 en el flamenco, los profesionales unos a otros pueden decir que buen aficionado, como que conocen muy bien la materia, ¿no? lo que es el flamenco. Sí. Es como un halago. Es como um, cumplido. Cumplido, ¿no? Mm, um, a ver. So, just like you're saying, you know, you can be aficionado and no profesional, and then professional, uh, among, amongst professionals, and. If you're like good aficionado and somebody says, oh, there is, for example, he's a great aficionado, you know, inside of like a professional community, it's like a compliment, you know? Yeah. It's not a privilege, it's a, like, it's a, uh, you know, it's a great... It's an acknowledgement. Aunque okay, también se puede decir, ese hombre es cantador aficionado, como no profesional. Right, right. Well, that's just a word, phrasing difference, you know, like some people, um, I guess, use it as like a aficionado, como a little bit saying, como, ah, he's not a professional, he's aficionado, you know, uh, yeah. they say it like that, but then it, <laughs> in our world, in our world, meaning, people who really, 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 really love flamenco. Yeah. 
you know, and normally a lot of, you know, good cantadores and good professionals are aficionado also, right? So in this world, when somebody said, ah, she's a great, muy buen uh, like, muy buen aficionado, or he's a great aficionado, it's like, it's like you, you got the badge, you know, like a golden badge. <laughs> That's cool. Well, you know, I thought one thing I wanted to ask, uh, I know we've talked about it just a little bit, but I wanted to poke Javier a little bit more about it. Um, was this Moron connection because Javier's Sevilla ah. and he, you know, became so immersed in this Moron scene with Funi and, and obviously touring and making records. But, um, you know, now it's, it seems to me that it's become a part of him. And I think that people sometimes, you know, really differentiate the regions because they do have their specific sound and style and stuff. Um, but I think sometimes people underestimate the influences they have on each other. I hear constantly Jerez influence in Sevilla and Sevilla influence in Jerez. And, and I think uh, Javier has this interesting combination of obviously being born into it in Sevilla, but being in this immersed in Moron for so long. And so maybe my question would be, how did you get involved with Moron? And, you know, how did that become part of what you do? And any thoughts on, on the art from there? Eh, ¿Cómo ha empezado un grupo arte o como re relación con eh, Mor Morón? Los Morón. Morón. Pues primeramente mi padre siempre pues ha parado mucho en Morón por su por su trabajo. en Morón a lot because ah, he, he used to um, sell jamón. No, he was a representative of. Uh, he had this relationship y pero claro yo estaba en mi casa aquí en el colegio en Sevilla yo he ido alguna vez a Morón de Chico pero no me acuerdo ahora de ninguna fiesta a lo mejor estaba no, no lo recuerdo la verdad pero his dad would you know go to Morón um, for his work you know it was a, one of his stop and his roots and um, and uh, also one of the associates of the, his uh, work was from Morón. So he knew all the people, all the names that he mentioned right now, great flamenco artists. Um, he knew everybody and I know he used to party like fiesta with them a lot and everything and he was just saying like i don't know i i don't remember maybe i did go to fiesta with him but i don't remember he doesn't remember what we ate yesterday so i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> so, so, i'm sure he did go but then Pero entonces, Hacíamos muchas fiestas y, y, y muchas venía Manolito Flores de Morón, Manuel Flores, que era un componente del grupo de, de Son de la Frontera, con Pepe Torres, Pablo Amparo, Moy estaba también, ¿no? Uh -huh. 
Gaby algunas veces también, pero sí. Raúl. Entonces hacíamos mucha fiesta. Entonces ahí ya nos juntábamos todos, porque venía la, la Samara, la hija de Manuela Carrasco, mi compadre Luis Peña, me iba yo, iba Manuel Flores, Paco Dampado, Agustín de Morón, mucha gente joven que éramos jóvenes, tendríamos, yo no sé, veintitantos años, más o menos, veintitantos, algunos treinta, y, y a mí me acogieron muy bien en Morón, de primera hora. Los gitanos y los flamencos de allí me acogieron muy bien. Muy bien, eh, Manuelito Flores, Agustín, Paco de Amparo, eh, Pepe Torres, mmm, no sé, todo, todo lo, el Luis, el hijo de Andorrano, todo, y, y son, no sé, encajé muy bien ahí, muy buenas personas. Sí, oh, we love people from Morón, they are so nice. Y tienen mucho arte, tienen mucho And arte. And they have the free art, no, I um, So, when he became, like, you know, his, eh, like he can go out age he started to uh fiesta with these people um from Morón and some people from Sevilla will go and then you know have fiesta and everything so anyway the, the friendship all started and through of course fiesta and flamenco and everything and then they just kind of like um received him so well and then you know they he got along very well and he gets along very well with um people from Morón they are awesome i mean we have this like great anecdotes um yeah, you can see it's a it's a perfect fit you know oh my god <laughs> Me he quedado en casa, me he quedado en casa de todo, de Agustín, de Manuel Flores, de Paco Damparo, de la Teresita también. He stayed with everybody, all, everybody's house, you know. Y los que no me quedaron, me ofreció la casa, el Luis, de Andorrano, todo el mundo, muy buenas personas. Sí, everybody's so, so nice, and one day we went to baptism, bautizo, ¿de acuerdo? Sí, del niño de Luis. Nos pegamos tres días allí en Morón. We went to baptism one night, and then we were at the fiesta all night, and then next day we got kidnapped and went to another fiesta all night, and then next day we were like, uh, if we don't go now and catch this bus, we're going to get kidnapped one more time for that. Like, oh, let's go. And then, And... Da, y da la casualidad que yo también las primeras fiestas que empecé trabajando eh, la hice con Juan del Gastó, que él ya vivía aquí en Sevilla, pero él es de Morón, sobrino de Diego del Gastó. ¿Sabes quién es Eric? ¿Juan? ¿Juan? Juan del Gastó. Sí, hemos conocido un par de veces, sí. Él ha realmente venido a Seattle un par de veces. Ah, cool, ok. Sí, yeah. pero uh, I, I no lo vi un poco en Seattle, lo vi más en Sevilla cuando... Uh -huh. 2004 and 2006, he was kind of hanging out in the in the scene there. Yes, mm -hmm. really, really nice guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's a um, nephew of um, Diego, Diego del So he's from Morón, but he he's been living in Sevilla for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And you know, he's um, uh, Paco's brother, Paco del Gasol. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he started, you know, his fiesta, working fiesta, like as an artist, uh -huh. uh, with Juan, Tito Juan, we call him Tito Juan. Yeah. 
y ahí fue como empezamos prácticamente so Uh, Luego ya íbamos a la feria de Morón con Angelito y Camacho. Exactly, feria de Morón also. And so, yeah, his professional career kind of started um, with Juan that also. So that's oh, another that's cool. with Morón and all the Morón people, you know, like, primo, primo, primo. Sí, gente. A mí me cuenta, Pepe me cuenta que... que yo no me acordaba de eso, que nos conocimos en la carbonería una vez. Una Pepe Torres, Pepe, 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 uh, our really Pepe Torres, our good friend. Um, he, he remembers and he doesn't remember. He, Pepe remembers uh, that, you know, they got to know each other in la carbonería here in Sevilla. Yeah. Mucha gente que Isan también lo conocí la carbonería con David Serva. That, that era, you know, they used to wow. Back in the day, Car Carboneria was amazing. Had it, mm -hmm. everything. It was, uh, and then there was the shows, and there was the shows after the shows, and then the Werga after that, and, and yeah. the two, with the two rooms. It was awesome. Sí. Yeah, that's that's another frustrating uh, part of of Sevilla. You know, when you are when you come back to visit every year, it's like right when you get the scene kind of figured out and know where to go, and you come back and everything's changed. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's always revolving, and and uh, I mean, of course, it's great to have friends like you guys, and then we can always figure out what's going on and. And, and have the walk, have the walking party with us with Javier, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it's there's so many beautiful places that have come and gone, like we're just having awesome stuff happen, and it seems like that that's just the way of flamenco. Mira si cambia que la última vez que fui a Estados Unidos cuando vine había un Taco Bell en Sevilla. Sí, que And that's, that's okay, but... No, I don't... Well, I mean, okay. I have nothing against Taco Bell, but we... we I do. Taco Bell... Um, right by, right by, like... Yeah, that's horrible. Cambia mucho, cambia mucho. Y yo recuerdo esos años, muy bonito la carbonería, e íbamos a Triana, a sitio, eh, no sé. Sí, eso ya fue en el año 2000. Lo de, lo, I think one of the most offensive ones is Starbucks right across from the Giralda. Like right, right there, like... You can't, you can't take a picture from it for, at a certain angle without seeing Starbucks. Photoshop. Yeah. But actually, Sevilla's pretty good about that. I mean, you do have that, that one Burger King and McDonald's, but in general, they've done a pretty good job of keeping out, you know, keeping mm -hmm. the, the old historic center kind of the way it is and, and certainly better than we do in this country. We just let everything go and become a... You know, tear it down and then build a shitty, ugly apartment building and then put a subway, a T-Mobile, and a and a Chase Bank underneath it. Aww. That's kind Sorry. of our. That's kind of our. 
<laughs> how we preserve all our culture here. I mean, uh, Seattle, Seattle's been trying to save some of our historic music venues, but not always successfully. And it's a big, wow. fight. it's a big fight. We lose a lot of really important places here. We're fighting for the show box right now, and the, the uh, El Corazon is going down. And I mean, these are places that like you know, Hendrix played in and. Whoa. like historical you know we don't have history like as long a history as spain does obviously but at least that's you know of part of the culture you know of the post uh, you know post native culture united states i mean that's the only culture we have really is this kind of you know our blues music kind of roots and and we should try and preserve you know, some, some of these things but uh but anyway, um, how about, uh, would you mind like just doing a bit, maybe giving folks just a little bit of an example of some, some Bolivia or, or actually whatever you want to do. If you want to do Solea first and go into Bolivia and dance, whatever you feel like doing. People talk about, uh, you know, the Solea being called the the mother of all song, or Hitano saying the mother of all song, madre. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, um, maybe if you could say something about, you know, Solea being one of these pillars, which, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I feel that the kind of main pillars, the the very bottoms before it branches out to Bulleria and other things, you know, you've got the Solea 
and the cigaria and the fandangos that branches out and everything and then you've got kind of tangos and the four four type type stuff and uh so solia is obviously one of these most important pillars of flamenco and if you have anything to say about that Está muy bien explicado, es lo que ha dicho Eric. La madre del cante es un pilar fundamental, ¿no? Junto con las tonadas y todos los cantes de, de Martinete y eso, y los tangos, pues de ahí salen ya después muchas ramas, ¿no? Eh, la ceguerilla es un cante también muy importante, ¿no? Y. Pero, Tornada, ceguerilla. Eh, Martinete, Sigrilla. Hay toda la misma rama, ¿no? Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I meant, too, is to say Martinete, Sigrilla. Obviously, sí. Martinete is first, but... Los cantes so. típicamente gitanos, ¿no? Como tú estabas diciendo, ¿no? Y cantes que... Pues de mucho sentimiento y que... Y que ha habido muy buenos cantadores que han cantado por ahí, ¿no? Desde Manuel Torres para acá, que hay grabaciones. From Manuel Manuel Torres on, we have you know recording, right? So there are so many good cantores sing and sing, sing Solea, ¿no? Solea y Segrilla también, como el cante de Solea fue como ha cantado, por ejemplo, Tomás Pavón, ¿no? O Juan Talega, o Perrate, Manolito María. Mucho también, ¿no? La Soledad también, la Soledad de Cai también, del puerto. Había muy buenos cantadores. Would, uh, would he say that it's fundamental to be able to really know or sing Soledad well, to be able to sing all the palos that come from it, like Bulería? Like, it seems that, that since that's the root of all these other palos, that, that you would have to understand Soledad first, right? Yo diría que entender y cantar bien Soleá es fundamental para cantar otra cosa, como Burería y... Yo creo que, que, el, que eh, el que cante flamenco debe de conocer un poquito la amplitud del flamenco de todo. Por supuesto la Soleá, porque como tú decías, un cante madre, ¿no? Un cante fundamental, un pilar fundamental. So, I think, and he said, uh, and he said I think... Um, uh, being flamenco, you should know about you know um, good um, range of things, you know. But of course, yes, um, being the mother of the cante, you should you know definitely study Sonia too. Hay que ser como decíamos, como hablábamos antes, que sea aficionado. We should Conocer. be yeah. aficionado. No porque claro. A, a, a algunos le irán mejor unos cantes, a otros mejor otros, pero por lo menos conoce un poquito la variedad del flamenco, que es muy, muy rica, ¿no? Muy bonita. Some people may like to sing one thing or another, or, you know, they can execute well one thing and another person, another palo, but then, you know, we should, um, like, capture the gamma of uh, flamenco, ¿no? Yeah, People become specialized in certain things later on, but usually mm -hmm. they have that some some sort of a base first, obviously, or aficionados to start with or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, well, I was wondering if I could put 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 you on the spot, Javier, and ask you to do what you do best, which is a little por fiesta, a little singing and dancing, and wh whatever you feel whatever you feel like. Bailando con Sí. Oh. Mira, me voy a poner así. 
A ver, ya. ¿Cómo está? ¿Bien? Perfecto. Vamos ya. En el teatro de aquí, mira. Ahí está, pero pisa, pero ahora me puedo comprar. Vamos ya. Cuidado. Compañerita mía, tu mamá te regañe. Compañera, no regañe. Ya no la ropita, mío, y el campo no tiene ni Yes, all. You guys are rocking the house over there. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, you know, um, we should probably bring up, since we're talking about all this, you know, more serious flamenco stuff, that uh, you guys teach and you have this unique approach to teaching, in my opinion, that um, I think um, I think that you guys teach flamenco in a way or teach the parts of flamenco that aren't normally taught. And, uh, and I think it's especially great for people that aren't from Spain, um, that, you know, the fundamentals of, of the compas, the emphasis on the sound, the sonicete, um, how to, you know, follow the marcaje of the dancer and uh, for what kind of palmas you do, you know, controlling the volume of your palmas, following the cante, all these things are, um, even like a lot of the great artists that teach in Spain, that's all a given, <laughs> you know, they'll show you the choreography or falsetas or letras and they can slow it down for you a bit. But I think that you guys go into a kind of detail that is really cool. And maybe that comes from the combination of both of you together um, teaching because Javier can 
just express himself and you can kind of uh say well this is what he's doing you know this is this is how he's doing it and what he's doing is that would that be a good way of putting it pues um well the vamos a hablar de como método de cómo enseñamos no en clase the thing is um thing is as you mentioned like he's like total natural you know he was born to be flamenco and he is so he let's say didn't know how to explain something that he knows or he does or he has you know so from that point of view from my experience of like having to see it from outside or learn it from outside um and maybe um like know the way to explain what's happening may help but he already knew like he he knew you know tú tú ya sabía explicar por ejemplo el compás o cosas así no el método que tú tienes como tú ya tenía como hecha yo lo tenía que ir aprendiendo también porque date cuenta que yo no no he aprendido con nadie. Yo no he ido a ninguna academia. From anybody, like, you know, we've been talking about, he's been, like, the, what they call self-taught, right? So, uh, from seeing and hearing his father and whoever that was around his uh, environment. So, Entonces, yo he tenido que, que ir aprendiendo porque yo ni, ni había recibido una clase ni yo había dado clases en mi vida porque yo no había ido a academia yo lo que yo lo único que tenía era mi vivencia so he what he knew was from you know, life experience, experience right pero so, vivencia sobre todo sí life experience oh, okay Sorry. so um, he he's saying he had to learn to teach you know so and he's he's been doing like for cuántos años ya hace pues por lo menos nueve años y antes ya había dado clase en Estados Unidos cuando fui con con Isa. Right. So, ¿cuánto año es? No sé cuál es cuando en 2007, 2007 por 13 o 14 años. So, yeah, 13, 14 years, you know, he started with um by teaching um, in the U.S., perhaps, um, when he was sí, going all, around the U.S., you know, touring with Ethan. Que tengo que decirlo que aprendió mucho de Ethan Margoli. And he learned a, a lot how de, to método, explain, perhaps. From watching how he explains things and stuff. Or... Well, it, I don't know if desde de la vista de lo como estaba haciendo Ethan or... Or just from the experience of being in out of the country and having to teach right so you know compass and like uh, singing and dancing is like totally natural to him so to explain you know was like another thing like the difficult no the like that so um he learned and he want to give credit to ethan our friend 
because he saw the way he was explaining what he knew. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, um, it's, it's like a methodology, no? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's what I was getting at was that I think that a lot of people that were in the position that he was, uh, that uh, it's good enough because people want to study with you and you know you have plenty to show them and that's and, oh, yeah. every, and, and everyone's happy but i think what's unique about javier and the way that you guys teach is that he did take that extra care to start to oh, learn how to explain it. things you know because it's it's very it's not that easy to find and, and um and yeah i actually i i know ethan as well and and he was one of the guys uh my very first trip to spain um who schooled me too, you know, and, 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 sh- and I remember the first time I, I met him at that same bar at Rebecca mm-hmm. uh, and he'd been, he'd been playing for a couple hours back and forth for people. And, um, and his playing was so authentic and his Spanish was so good that I actually didn't know he was f- from the States. And we were speaking, in, we were speaking in Spanish for about 20 minutes just talking about flamenco and different things. And then I asked him where he fr- was from and he said, San Francisco. And I was like, wow, and I was just laughing. I literally had no, no idea. And, um, and he was very generous with his knowledge and, and like, um, you know, he was, he was someone that helped kind of explain some things and show things that, that you can't know without being in it like that and mm-hmm. had a couple cool nights where one night he was uh we were at the Peña Macarena with the and he was playing for Funi mm-hmm. and, and it just went all night and uh and yeah he's uh he's a good teacher and a good um well amazing guitarist aficionado and and can sing he that's the thing he knows that he really knows the art he's He's he has lived here for a long time, and he's been, he uh, had this life experience here, too. So that's good, you know? That's why, you know? See? But, um, so anyway, he, he's, he's very passionate about teaching, and he really believes in, you know, this fundamental thing that people should know and learn because um, I think it's a lot of times things can become so superficial and as we all know superficial thing doesn't can't last or that don't, it doesn't have leg you know so anyway he really um want to wants to help um anyone to uh learn flamenco and that's since we've been together um well before we got together like as a friend i was organizing his classes one day i saw him he was doing this class with um another person who was organizing for him yeah. and then he had like one person and i'm like you're like good <laughs> wow. you like you have like one person <laughs> Like, you know, he, uh, drinking beer or whatever. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, totally, like, you know, like, he had an intention of, you know, 
created an opportunity, but then I felt bad for him. And I was like, I think I can gather some people. So anyway, that year I started to... That's nine years ago. Muy guapa toda la <laughs> Sí, tiene todo manejar, guapa. Well, yeah, I got, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't that difficult because, you know, he's a really good, like, well-known artist. So, you know, I just told people, like, oh, he's going to do uh, uh, classes. And, you know, so we got a good number of people. And and his primo, uh, the Eric knows, um, came to see us and, and, And a couple more, I think. A couple more people showed up, and then and it just kind of became fiesta in the end. But anyway, um, so that was a really good um, memory that we have. The starting, you know, of our classes, at least. Sí, la que, la que de la que surgió la idea de hacer las clases ya, pues ya se idea sí orina. Porque <laughs> me, me acuerdo. <laughs> Ya, yo, lo había hecho, yo lo había hecho con, con Isa un poquito en Estados Unidos y con, con esta muchacha que organizó aquí, que también se acordó, lo cual le doy las gracias también. Pero yo ya después estaba... ¿Quién era? Perdón. ¿Isa de qué? Y la muchacha esta Lorena. Ah, vale, vale. vale. Lorena, sí, 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 sí. Lorena, ya la creo que se sí. llama, que tenía un estudio también, que hacía, organizaba clases. Y, y ya después me acuerdo que después de ese verano que Reina organizaba... Me dejó encargado otra muchacha en otro estudio que, y tenía unas cuantas de alumnas. Y ya venía yo para pa el corralón, daba mis clasecitas y poquito a poco, hace ya 10, 9, 10 años. Y ahora me gusta mucho. Y, y tenía que decir que cuando me decía cómo he aprendido eso, yo he aprendido de los alumnos también, lo máximo. How to explain, how to help them. The, the virtuoso, um, um, let's say in this case, Bolivia, Cante and Baile, and you know, my knowledge of um, how to learn, I think um, we really like uh, help a lot of people. I you think know, so. I, I, I always say this, not because I'm his, you know, wife or anything but it's just amazing um and the, the way he teaches and what he teaches because nobody i swear um i'm gonna talk about it like i'm a, like only one flamenco person you know and just like everybody else 
I've, and I've taken lots of classes with lots of people, but nobody, but, but nobody teaches like him or what he teaches, nobody teaches. So that's why I'm like very passionate about it. And then I really, you know, want people to take advantage of it because it's, it's huge. Yeah. That's why I brought it up because, um, you know, it's one thing to be a great performer and be an aficionado and, and have a lot to give to the people, but it's a totally different thing being a good teacher. And, um, not everybody's a good teacher. That's you know, a great teacher. That's a great artist. So I think, uh, you know, you guys deserve respect for that too. And, um, I think, uh, one of the unique, one of the maybe good things coming out of this whole COVID situation is that because we're all stuck on our screens, um, the world is even a little bit more open now. So now it seems like Sevilla is not so far away because really I can see you guys just as easy as I can see my family or whatever. Right. So, um, so now people have access to you guys even more than ever, as far as like being able to take online classes. So, um, why don't you let everyone know how they can connect with you guys, what kind of classes you got going on and, um, and uh, cause you, you're definitely doing, zoom streaming stuff right now so maybe let folks know what's mm -hmm. up with that yeah so we've been doing online classes um since this whole pandemic thing started and we have students uh, from us uh, japan um here too and of course Savita spain um and um may, well we can do anything uh, people are doing compas, baile, and cante. Mm -hmm. And normally compas is always there, you know, because you just have to have it, you know, for to do anything. And so, and I, myself, I try to help ladies with um, their braseos and posture. Um, placement of your body, you know, that way to support. So, because our way of um, dancing and also um, teaching is um, we focus on natural everything. So, you know, and, um, so the movements, you know, are not like. Hmm, exaggerated and mechanical you know it's natural and so anyway it, it comes from totally like his living experience la vivencia sobre todo hacemos mucho hincapié en el ritmo en el compás fundamental rhythm eh, compás because it's fundamental um, and it's the most difficult um, part uh in flamenco you know so and the cante class is great because you know you can be cantaor and a singer who want to do um cante class or you can be dancers and all guitarists yeah. to um so that you have knowledge of uh cante for your baile or for your uh, uh, guitar so Fundamental. when when once you you know are on stage or fiesta or whatever, you can um, dance or uh, play music. You know, it's totally like a fundamental thing that everybody has to know about, right? Like 
or have the knowledge of content. So um, we have lots of bailadoras um, right now, the dancers who are yeah. taking Kante classes. It's amazing. It's great. That's great. Yeah. So, and how do, how do people get hold of you? Ah, so um, you can send me an email, a messenger. Um, please get connected with us uh, via Facebook or WhatsApp. You guys can, um, should I say my? Yeah, go ahead and say your handles or whatever you have. Um, should I write it on the paper because yes. it's a lot? Well, we'll, we'll put it on the, we'll put it on the YouTube link. You know, oh, okay. We'll, so, we'll put it in the description. I'll put it on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But good, good. Maybe so, if somebody's listening now, you know, you could just say a website they could go to or email or something. Like that. Right, you, well, you can, you can find, I think the easiest thing is you, you can find us through Javier Heredia uh, via Facebook and then send a messenger uh, message to Javier or my name is Rina Motokawa. It's R-H-I-N-A. It's difficult. <laughs> K-A-W, Facebook, or same thing um, with gmail.com, so. And my Instagram is Javier Heredia Flamenco. My name is Larina Flamenco. Javier Heredia Flamenco, my name is It's so good to see you guys, and, uh, and I hope... Uh, you know, hope we can get across. I think I hope we got across to everyone here, like the the generosity of spirit in Sevilla that exists, and and what a beautiful place it is to go to and learn flamenco. Because um, people like you are there that are that are willing to to show your art to everyone, and um, and it's not as terrifying as you think it would be. You know, like if it's your first if your first time to get out there, there's really good people there to learn from and. And hang out with and um so thank you guys for for coming on and telling everybody about what what you do and um there's tons more i'd like to talk about as far as like obviously all the um the greats that javier has worked with and concerts and all this kind of stuff but uh we're gonna have you guys on again <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do something different next time Un abrazo grande, amigos. And Carna came in to say hi, but we were in the middle of something, so she left, but she, she sends her love. Okay. besito para los dos. Okay, Flamenco y Mas, you can find out more at flamencoseattle.com. Thank you to our very special guests, Javier and Rina. We'll see you all soon. Adios, hasta luego. Adios.